welcome to Overcoming Financial Stress with the Saver and the Spender. I'm your host and the spender, Michael Dickey. At Fiscal Fitness Phoenix, we are the worldwide leaders in reducing financial stress. And our mission is that everyone, from the person that is overwhelmed with their finances and in debt up to their eyeballs, to the person that makes good money, has amazing goals, and wants to achieve financial independence, finally to the person that feels a calling to help others by becoming a financial coach, learn how to take the stress out of money. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Overcoming Financial Stress with the Saver and the Spender. This is Jill Emanuel, financial coach with Fiscal Fitness Phoenix, and I am today's host for this episode where we are talking about finances in your marriage. I recently did a poll in my Facebook group and I asked people that were in relationships whether they kept their finances together or separate from their spouse or partner. And the response was around a 50-50 split, which actually surprised me a little bit. I was expecting to see more answers where people had said they combined their spouses with their partner. That's typically what I do see with our clients that come in. So When I saw these results, seeing this 50-50 split, it got me to thinking, why? You know, I know that there are definitely some methods and some strategies that you can use to keep finances separate and keep things moving along smoothly. But I really wanted to know from the different perspectives of the people that responded, what their rationale was or what their reasoning was about why they kept their finances separate. And I got a lot of different answers. And so I wanted to share that with you today and just kind of talk about what some of the different reasons are that people might be keeping their finances separate. And you may or may not relate to some of these. Maybe you've already got your finances combined and things are going along pretty well, or maybe you've been you know, thinking about combining, but just haven't gotten around to it or haven't quite come to the conclusion that that's the right answer for you. And so I want to talk about, you know, what some of those reasons are, why people are keeping them separate, and then what some of the benefits are to getting your finances combined with your spouse or partner. So the answers, as I asked in my group, you know, asking them why they were keeping their finances separate, these were some of the responses that I got. Some people said that it was just the way that things were when they got married or got together. And so it was easier to just keep the accounts as they had been. Um, Others said that it was because they had different spending habits from their partner. Maybe one of them was the saver and one was the spender and they weren't sure how to be able to co-mingle those habits together. And so they have opted to keep their finances separate. Others said they thought that it just felt more fair for each of them to be pitching in 50-50 and splitting all of the bills. And then whatever was left was theirs to spend as they wanted. While others kind of took a different spin and perspective on that. And they said, my money that I earn is my money, but I'll pay a percentage or a proportion of the bills based on who made more income. So perhaps if one spouse made 70% of the income and the other made 30% of the income, that was their split or their portion of the income of the expenses that needed to be paid from their incomes. While still others said that they hadn't combined their finances because one partner or the other came into the relationship with some personal debt and they didn't want to burden their spouse with that or that they felt they needed to pay that debt off first. And then once they were clear, they would combine and start things together. 
Others said that they didn't want to use their money to support unhealthy habits of their spouse. So if someone had, you know, a, a smoking, you know, habit or a drinking habit or a gambling, you know, addiction or something like that, where they wanted to just be able to keep their finances separate from that so that it wasn't getting mixed and used in those ways that they didn't feel were, were healthy. And then others said that, you know, they, they wanted to keep the money that they earned because they felt a lot of pride maybe around that, that income that they had. And they felt that they should be able to spend their money as they saw fit. So they really wanted to keep that separate um, to kind of have a little bit more control over the way that it was being spent. And upon reflecting on all of these answers, I can definitely see the rationale behind them. I can see the concerns that they have around them. But as I looked at all of these answers and kind of really started to think about them, the one overlying message that I saw beyond all of these is that these reasons and answers were really largely based around fear. And that kind of became a red flag for me saying, okay, like we're doing all of this and we're rationalizing it and we're really trying to make sense of it. And logically we're trying to, you know, work with it. But if we look at the commonality behind all of these reasons, it really all comes back to fear where people are saying, you know, I'm, I have fear of being inconvenienced, right? They keep their finances the way they are because they don't want to mess it up when they put things together or be inconvenienced by having to go to the bank or call a new bank or switch the bills from one to the other. Or maybe it'll get an overdraft when they close one account and go to the next and they'll be inconvenienced by that. They have a fear of change. They've gotten in their routine, into their habits, and they just don't want to see something different. They're not sure how to handle that. Or maybe they have a fear of not being on the same page with their spouse, that they both have different ideas or viewpoints on what's going to happen with their money. And so they're afraid that they're not going to be able to find a commonality and find you know, that, that common ground where they're both working towards the same goals. They might have a fear of self-sabotage where they're blaming themselves maybe for past debt or past failures, and they fear combining with their partner and then doing the same thing. Or on the opposite side of that, they kind of fear of being a burden to their partner. If they are bringing debt into the relationship, they're combining their finances, and then they're feeling that they're a burden or they have some guilt around the thought of having their partner helping to pay off that debt. Or that fear of codependency, whether it's them being dependent upon their spouse or their spouse being dependent upon them, that one of them might earn more than the other. And so there's going to be this feeling of inequality towards who's contributing how much. So all of these things I really saw just, they kind of stemmed back to fear. And I think that's just an area that we really need to look at because when we're dealing with money and when we're really focused on being financially successful, being financially independent. We want to move up the ladder of financial success, you know, paying off debt. We want to build up savings, save for retirement, develop healthy money habits. Those fears we really need to leave behind. We want to replace those fears with confidence. And yet, even if we're doing all of the personal work if we have our finances separate and we still have this fear about what will happen when we combine with our spouse or partner, we're holding ourselves back. And we're not only really holding ourselves back in that mental capacity of like feeling fear and the mindset that goes into the money, you know, 
capacity there. It's that we actually are holding ourselves back financially from a numbers standpoint. And so I kind of want to talk about that with you about the benefits of joining your finances and how that can change the dynamic in the relationship, not only from a, you know, who is paying what or equality sort of standpoint or whose debt is it, but really for the betterment of your relationship, of your family, of your marriage, and of your overall financial picture together, right? So um, you may have heard the saying that two heads are better than one, or I know that there's a, there's a scripture that I've read and it says two are better than one, or if one falls down, the other one can pick them up. And when it comes to money, like those things are true. Yes, we want to have someone that can give us the extra brain power and the ideas and that will be there to support us or help us and pick us up when we fail. But it actually comes down to just math. I mean, just simple math. When we look at the benefits of combining finances, people come out exponentially farther ahead when they are working together as a team. And so I, I want you to just think about this. I actually had done like a few different just number studies just to see for comparison's sake, how a couple who was working, putting the exact same amount every single month, maybe one towards debt and one into savings versus doing it together. And the difference you guys is exponential. I mean, it, it more than doubles the progress. It adds that extra time factor and it cuts down on interest and it adds the extra level of excitement, right? So if someone is paying off debt and they're trying to do it all on their own, let's say for instance, they owe $5,000 and they can only afford to pay $200 a month to that debt. It will take them three years to pay that off. Three years. But if they have a spouse who can contribute and just put in the same amount of money. They're both putting in $200 a month. It can go from 36 months down to 15, right? So it more than doubles the speed in which this debt can be paid off when they're working together. And then they get that paid off and they can turn around and use that combined power of money to actually start working on their next goal together. Whether that is saving for something, whether that's putting it into retirement, all of these things are exponentially done faster when you've got a larger sum of money going towards it all at once, right? And the greatest and most wonderful thing about having a partner is that you can combine those finances and work together as a team to make your financial goals happen so much more quickly. And part of that, as I was looking at this, you know, running the numbers and seeing everything was that, you know, if you have the mentality of this is my debt and I need to pay my debt off myself and I don't want to burden my spouse with it or whatever that mindset is, really you are also damaging your spouse by paying it off alone. Because if you had done it together, you both would have been free of that burden sooner. You would have paid less together than you would pay on your own. And then you would be paying more into your next goals to get ahead even faster. So you're really holding you both back by not sharing that burden initially and just really going after it together as a team to try to knock it out. So 
the benefits of how quickly you can reach your goals together as a team is a huge one. I think just the numbers alone speak massively for what you can do when you do combine together, when you choose to just target one goal at a time, you focus on it, you work together as a team. There's also something that's just very gratifying and fulfilling about being on the same page with your partner and knowing that you have each other's back, right? That you're working towards that goal together. You're both very focused on the same thing and that you're achieving it as a team. It really helps to build the relationship rather than have this feeling of, you know, being alone and working towards these things in a bubble. The other thing that I see when couples will keep their finances separate, and some of the people commented on this in the group when I had asked the question, is that there are some expenses that aren't very clear on whose they should be or what percentage it should be. For instance, people were commenting that they would go out to eat or go to the grocery store and they would always have to have this awkward conversation of whose turn is it to pay or who's picking up this one. And sometimes it's not super awkward, but it still is this kind of weird dynamic that happens in a relationship when you have to have that conversation rather than just knowing that we have money in the account and we will pay for it. Um, And so I, I think it just helps to like ease the communication, take that out of the dialogue when the account is combined, where you can both go together and know with confidence, like we are choosing to go together out to eat and we have money in our account. And it really doesn't matter who is paying for what, or who owes who, or keeping that scorecard on each other of whose turn it is to pay. And then the last thing that I see with couples that do keep their finances separate is that oftentimes there is a very disproportionate style of living going on underneath the same household. And what I mean by this is that there may be one partner who makes significantly more or less than the other. And when this happens, really regardless of how that split is, of if you're paying the 70-30 or if you're paying 50-50 or whatever that agreement comes down to, there oftentimes is one partner who is barely getting by and might have only hundreds left in their account, or they might be overdrafting quite frequently, while the other partner might always have extra money in their account. They might be investing, they might be saving, they might be buying a new car or a new truck or a toy. They've got all of this extra money in their account that they get to do all of these things with. And in the meantime, on the other side, the other partner is barely getting by to just pay the minimum of their bills. And so it creates this very strange dynamic or a lot of disproportion in the way that they communicate with each other or feel about their money, where one is always feeling in a state of scarcity and the other is always feeling in a state of plenty. And it can be really detrimental to the relationship. And it also is slowing the progress down when when you can't be together saying, this is how much we have. We can both clearly see how much is there. And we know together that we're deciding what that goal is for us as a couple. So... Those are just a few of my thoughts as I kind of did this poll recently. It's been on my mind and I wanted to share with you some of the the trends and the things that I was seeing as people were talking to me about why or why they didn't combine their finances with their spouse and just some of my thoughts from observations over time working with clients and having these conversations to see what, what is working and what is the difference and 
right down to the numbers, you know, how big of an impact does it actually make when you choose to combine finances? And, you know, I, I do understand that there's going to be some instances where it just doesn't make sense. Maybe there's some certain circumstances within the relationship or personality styles where it just won't work. But I think on the whole, if you've been holding back because of one of those reasons I mentioned earlier, if the fear behind it is what's stopping you from combining your finances. Now is the time to really look at that and think about it and kind of challenge those beliefs and start to have that conversation of what could you do together as a team? How could you combine things and really start to focus and have exponential momentum on your financial journey? That's all I have for this episode. And I look forward to seeing you next time on Overcoming Financial Stress with the Saver and the Spender. If you would like more information about our financial coaching programs or how we can help you take the stress out of money, please check out our website at www.fiscalfitnessphx.com. Please join our private Facebook group by searching Facebook for overcoming financial stress with the saver and the spender. And if you have a passion for personal finance and are interested in helping others take the stress out of money by becoming a financial coach, check out our financial coach training program at www.financialcoachacademy.com and join our free Facebook group by searching Facebook for Financial Coaches Unite. And we'll see you on the next episode of Overcoming Financial Stress with the Saver and the Spender, where we'll help the world take the stress out of money.